It's the Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast with Andre Gallagher. Fresh off a 115-102 victory over Orlando. I told you this was going to be a tough one, but a game they needed to win. A vintage performance from Julius Randle. Very efficient. Definitely he was in good spirits last night playing with a lot of confidence. And you like what you see with him between the plays. That was where he suffered so much last year or or the Knicks suffered with him. Because he was such a terrible teammate on the floor with his body language and his nonsense. We all know what happened with the crowd. But if you watch him now, he, he last year he didn't help teammates up that often off the floor. And you never heard it talked about on the broadcast. But last night you heard Mike Breen talk about how he's helping teammates off the floor. He didn't say now. He didn't reference last year. But it was just listed as one of the many things he's doing this year that maybe he didn't do last year. It was terrible watching him last year. If you were a Knicks fan, you know what I'm talking about. Fresh off that big contract, he came in here pouting like a baby most of the year, and he was just a sour teammate. And I don't know how the players in that roster really mess with him too tough, the way he was acting on the court towards them, towards everybody. But you're not seeing that this year. You're seeing him have a much more positive attitude on the court. He's having a lot of fun out there, you can tell. And maybe you're reading into it a little bit too much, but that's important. This guy is a very important piece to the team right now. And if you don't realize that, then you're bugging. They gave him a big contract. People wanted him traded over the summer. I didn't mind seeing him go too after uh, the way he behaved last year. He really didn't want to see him come back. But if you have to pay a team to take him, it's not worth it. It's really not. If there was a good deal out there, then yeah, you run with it. But if you have to attach a first round draft pick just to get off a Randall's contract, if you don't have a plan for what you're going to do with that money right away, then there's no point in that. And, and the idea of trading Randall just so Obi could play, you're seeing now that there's a there's a big difference between the two players. There wasn't so much last year with Randall playing terribly, but now that Randall's reverted a little bit to the mean of, of what he is as a player, even last year, he was 20-10 and 5 assists. It was his efficiency and his on-court behavior and floor game that was the problem, but he's still producing. And as much as you may like Obi, Obi's not ready right now. He's not ready to overtake what Julius is doing. And you might be able to find offense in other places on this team, but what Julius is doing is a value to this team right now. You can't just give him away, especially if you got to pay a pick to get rid of him. And you're seeing that for the Knicks right now. The Knicks can't afford to not have Julius Randle right now, especially with R.J. Barrett throwing the ball off the side of the rim every time he shoots. And if Randle's going to play like this, if he's going to have this kind of attitude, he might not have this efficiency every night. He's not going to have it. But with the attitude he's bringing, that's what the team needs. You can stomach some bad shooting nights and a couple turnovers here and there if you're a good supportive teammate and you're playing defense and you're you're in the right places on the court. Not standing outside all the time, not shooting over double teams, never in the paint when you're one of the, the top end earners in the paint in the league. And that used to be Julius's calling card. He's an in, he's a inside player. He's a strong, powerful player. He should be in the paint more often. 
And as, as long as he's doing what the team is asking him to do and he has a good attitude and he's somewhere close to being efficient on the court, there's no reason you just give Julius Randle away. And my take over the summer, as, as frustrating as it might have been even for me to see him play the way he was playing and act the way he was acting, you're better off letting him build his value as a player than just giving him away and having to pay for someone to take him. I think that's the better organizational move to begin with. But if he's playing like this, I guess that's always like the conundrum, right? If you if you have a player and you, you've seen the worst of him and you're like, oh, I want to get rid of this guy. And then you see the best of him and you're like, eh, maybe I want to keep him. As an organization, you really have to think long and hard about how you want to do that because there's a foundation being built here with the Knicks, with Jalen and RJ and Tibbs and the rest of the guys where Julius is a big part of that. And just to trade Julius, I think, would uproot a lot of what you're building here. I think it would. I think right now this team wants to go to war with Julius being a big part of this team. And I think Julius's Julius's growth as a player is... I think is interwoven into the fabric of the team. If he continues on this path, the fact that he can be in the doldrums the way he was last year and then work hard all summer to come back and be a completely different player. If this continues, I think that's interwoven into the fabric of the team and the foundation of of what they're trying to build here. I think young players see that and they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I could dig it. Like it's, any of us can fall off the wagon a little bit, but if you build, you work hard, you build yourself back up, you'll get another chance to redeem yourself here. I think that's big. I think that helps guys like Cam, for example, who had to be down in the dumps based on where his comp- his career was in the summer. To see a guy like Randall come from, you know, in the gutter to right now rebuilding his stand, his standing with the fans in the organization, assuming this continues, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for the team. I think it's good for the chemistry of the team. That's just a personal opinion, sure. But I think it's really good to see the way Randall is behaving based on where he was last year. You're even seeing him do breathing techniques to calm himself down. When I saw that, it tripped me out. And people are going to make fun of him. They're going to clown him. All of that is going to be part of what, what happens. But... If he's brave enough to be on the court doing yoga <laughs> to calm himself down, that man is not going to be afraid of the fourth quarter. And he's not going to be shaken by some booze. You hope it stays that way if you're a Knicks fan. So he was the hero last night very easily. Who's was a guy you had. Let me see. He had uh, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. One steal, 10 and 19 from the field, two and nine from three. Still can't throw it in the ocean from out there. Troubling. Three or five from the line. Four offensive rebounds, which is a real good sign. Seeing him around the rim. Being a guy who's really strong in the paint. You know, he wasn't always on Paolo. Uh he wasn't in foul trouble last night. Like I said, he would be. He got a quick foul playing super aggressive for no reason on Paolo, 35 feet from the basket, but yeah, whatever. Knew he was going to do it. But he wasn't in foul trouble all night. He also wasn't the primary defender on him all the time. 
And Paolo, man, listen. I'm going to regret not drafting him in the Keeper League, man. I had a choice. Either him or Jabari. And I told myself that Jabari's going to get the center designation eventually. He's going to get more steals and blocks, I thought. I'm going to regret that. also felt like there were too many mouths to feed in Orlando. But Orlando is clear who the big dog is. I don't care. Suggs comes back. It doesn't matter. Isaac comes back. It doesn't matter. This guy is the big dog. You can't stop him. He was playing maybe at 70% intensity last night, it seemed like. And he was still unstoppable. 70% and he's a rookie. Oh, this guy is scary to me. Don't want to see this dude. You don't want to see this dude again if you're the Knicks. You're going to have to. You don't want to face the prospects of having to guard this guy all the time. 9-11 from the free throw line. He's getting to the line. He's knocking him down. 21 points. Four rebounds. Two steals. Two assists. I'm telling you, the guy wasn't even playing at full speed last night. I have no idea why. But he wasn't. And, and to see him not be at full speed, at full intensity, and still feel like he was unstoppable every time he did anything. Oh, my goodness. So look forward to having to guard him for the next 15 years of, your, 15 years of his career, Nick fans, because that's going to be a pain in the butt. I'm telling you. Franz looked like he could have whatever shot he wanted, but he didn't knock him down. 5 of 15 from 3. I mean, from the field. 1 of 6 from 3. He just didn't have it last night. He can get wherever he wanted last night. Whatever shot he wanted, he got it, but he didn't knock him down. And I think the Knicks got a break with that. Orlando didn't shoot well at all last night. Wendell Carter got his, he got his double-double, but he wasn't a plus for them when he was on the court. I think he allowed Mitchell to be Mitchell when he was on the court, even though he's a good outside shooter. The ball found him a couple times. He was able to, to beat Mitchell off the hard closeout. He pump faked him into a foul one time because he could hit that outside shot. It's such a weapon as a big man to have that shot. Uh, I think I like Wendell. I think he's a good player, but Orlando just wasn't, they weren't clicking as much when he was on the floor last night. And I told you, I told you that Bull Bull was going to come out here and make a mess of this game. I told you that, right? I told you, don't let him come out and be a star and make himself a star tonight. And he tried, he tried his best. Bull Bull in 20 minutes, 19 points, eight to 10 from the field, five rebounds, four blocks. And he just looked like, he just looked like such a pain in the butt out there for the Knicks. And I just don't understand why you why you wouldn't have him out there more. I mean, he played 20 minutes last night. If you look at his game log, he's fighting to get those 20 minutes. Mo Bamba is not doing anything. And I'm not, I don't hate Mo Bamba. I just don't like his energy, first of all. I think, And I don't think anybody else does either. His energy is just not there for me. I, I talked about it last episode. I don't know why they signed him to that contract, if not to trade him. Because... Bo Bowl is going to take his minutes. I don't see why you would have Mo Bamba out there when you have Bo Bowl. Bamba can knock, maybe he can knock the three down a little bit more effectively, but because you don't really know how consistently Bo Bowl is going to be from out there. He banked the three in last night, only took two shots. You know he can hit it if you follow Bo Bowl's career. You know he can hit the shot. Who knows how consistent he can be? And Bamba really kind of distinguished himself from three a bit last year, but. I don't know. I just his energy. He's not really being utilized out there very much. 
and Bol Bol provides such a, a unique dimension for your team when he's out there. Four blocks in 20 minutes. He was just, he caused so many problems for the Knicks while he was out there. And like I said, that might have just been because he was playing in New York. And I told you what that is for a lot of these guys. But Bol Bol almost made a mess of this game for the Knicks. He really did. Cole Anthony, a guy I told you, always has a bone to pick with the Knicks. He got loose a little bit, I think, in the second quarter, but didn't really have the game that I think he probably wanted to have. He had 14 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 6-18 from the field, 0-5 from 3. Definitely not the game he wanted. The Human Torch didn't get loose. 30 minutes, 32 minutes, only 8 points. You saw a lot of trouble from this guy, Houston, who he only had seven points, but it seemed like every time he shot, he was going to go in. He had two, it was two or four. It seemed like he was going to be that guy, that hero. You know, they were able to get in front of that a little bit, only seven points. I told you, Mamba, 14 points, two or three from the field. Just, just didn't feel like he had an impact on the game. And he was a minus 18. And Houston was a minus 17. The Knicks went on a run again with that second unit. It was actually a little bit of a mix of the second unit and the first unit. Brunson again leading the way for the Knicks in terms of steadying the ship. Down the stretch of this game, it was really, you could see Brunson throughout the game. Orlando would go on runs and Knicks, Knicks came on and the bench came in. They went on a little run. Orlando answered. Brunson, who was in foul trouble, there was a possession there where it seemed like Tibbs was going to call a timeout maybe, and Brunson kind of waved him off and said, I got this. And that's what you're looking for. It seemed like whenever the Knicks needed something offensively, Brunson was there to, to steady the ship, get a basket, stop a run. He was in foul trouble for a lot of the night. Just, Just... An excellent point guard game. Professional point guard game from Brunson, if that makes sense to you. Let's look at his stats real quick. Brunson, 21 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. Finally had a turnover this year. 8 to 16 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 3 of 3 from the line. You five fouls, like I told you, he was in foul trouble. Trouble. Brunson just did his job. And if you watch the game, it's not just the numbers. It's when he scored and how he scored. He scored when, when the Knicks needed to, to stem the tide because Orlando was making their runs. You saw that a couple times last night. It looked like the Knicks were going to pull away, and Orlando came storming back. And that's a credit to that team, a team that I told you. I think they're a, a solid team, a team that can win some games. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything crazy about them, but they can make a mess. Could have easily been a loss for the Knicks last night because that team has some talent on it. But it seemed like Brunson was there to make that play that they needed almost every single time throughout that game. And again, that's why you need him. That's why you need him. And there was a stretch where Brunson scored three times in a row. This is actually a frustrating stretch watching the game. Three consecutive baskets from Brunson in the third quarter. And the next play down, they ran a play from Randall. I don't understand that. I don't know how that makes sense. From any argument or perspective, if you see a guy score three times in a row, why would you run to play for somebody else? I don't care. What's going on? 
give him the ball. Frustrating. Randall scored on the play. I don't care. I don't like. I don't like the process. I'm big on process. Process is duplicatable. Process and habit vital to me because that's what you fall back on when the game is on the line. Habits. What do we do? Let's let's go through the steps. You got a guy scored three times in a row. He's creating his own offense. Let him call the show until you, until it's not working anymore. But they didn't. They gave it to Randall. Randall scored. Not the end of the world. But I don't like it. You saw RJ still struggling from the field. Still struggling. One and nine in the first half. Turned it around in the second. He finished three and seven from three. Seven and 19 from the field, which is 37%. Come on, RJ, man. You got Listen, I know he's out there trying his best, but I didn't like some of the things that I saw out there. He passed up some teammates. Brunson had it going. And Brunson was open on the wing one time. The ball got kicked out, and he took a, a relatively contested look while Brunson was wide open right to his left one pass away. I don't – come on, man. I don't like that. You're not playing well. You're not shooting well. The game was still relatively close. Maybe it wouldn't be as big of a deal if earlier in the game you didn't see him uh, a couple times not advance the ball in transition or secondary transition and and opted to dribble the ball up court himself. One possession, IQ was wide open, running up on the right side of the court. Nobody was there. He had caught that ball and either had a dribble three, dribble up three or beat his man having to close out on him. And he decided not to give him the ball when he should have. He held on to it, then got past the three-point line. If he kicked it out at that point, quickly would have been wide open for a three. Still didn't do it. Drove all the way to the rim and took a contestant layup. And I just, I don't like what I'm seeing from him. He's making plays. Don't get me wrong. I mean, last night he even had, he had one assist. All of one assist last night. <laughs> but I think he did try to at least make a couple plays off penetration. But I just, that's how you know the game is in his head right now. Because he's not making the play he should make. Instead, he's thinking about himself and, and trying to get himself going, and, and I don't like what that looks like on the court. It wasn't that big of a deal in a win, but in a game where you shot 36%, I don't want to hear that you you passed up open players. I, don't, I just don't want that to, to seep into your, into your psyche as something that's acceptable for you. And one of the big things for the Knicks so far this year has been their ability to play with pace and advance the ball and just look good all the way around playing with pace. And IQ sacrifices his ball handling by advancing the ball every chance he gets, which is a plus in his column. It's just great plays that he makes when he does that. And then you come and you have the ball and you don't advance it to him. That's just, mm -mm, that's not how you do things. It's not good for the team. It's just not good. And in a reality, in a world where you're shooting 36% on a good night, cut the nonsense. Cut the nonsense, please. Mitchell, 30 minutes, 14 points, six rebounds, three blocks, one steal, six or seven from the field, not making his free throws, five offensive rebounds. Mitchell was a factor last night. And again, you're starting to see a lot of what I told you when people start singing his Hartenstein song. He was a factor last night. 
The Knicks need both of them. Both of them. And Mitchell protects that rim in ways that Hartenstein is not going to. That's not that's not a knock on him. He's going to do other things. And it's a good night for Hartenstein. Seven points, nine rebounds, one steal. Made his free throws. Had four offensive rebounds himself. That's one thing I'm going to say about Hartenstein. And I don't want to change Hartenstein's game because game, he's playing very well. But what's the sense of having him not take threes? Not be outside more often. I understand you don't want to completely change your offense, your sets when he's on the floor, but you know I like the way he's playing. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, but I <laughs> I'd like to see him stretch the floor sometimes. But no knock on him. He's under that rim. He's getting great offensive rebounds, hustling, and I really don't know if I'd change the way he's playing right now. It'd just be nice to see the stretch five center actually. Be a stretch five. And let's talk about let's talk about Fournier. You know he's the source of a lot of ire for the Knicks. Eight points on the game. Two rebounds, two assists, no steals, no blocks, two of eight from the field, two of eight from three. Not not a great game from Fournier. Decent floor game if you watch the game, but not a great game numbers wise. Didn't make shots when he got the opportunity definitely going to start you know it's definitely one of those games that people are going to start pointing to as to him being useless on the court <laughs> but let's 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 keep uh let's keep uh our wits about us when it comes to fournier please not that the most ideal game for him and that leaves us with the bench mob the one perplexing thing i'll start with is Derrick Rose only playing eight minutes. He wasn't the first guard off the bench. I don't think he's going to be. And he just he didn't seem to be a big part of what they wanted to do. I don't know if he was a little banged up. He only played, like I said, eight minutes. Three points hit one shot. One of four from the field. One of three from three. If you want to talk plus minus, he was the only Nick to be in the minus in the game. I believe. Yeah, minus 10. That was that was when Orlando came back from the first run the Knicks put on him when the bench and, and starter combo went on a run. And then Derek came in the game, and they came right back. Only eight minutes in the game. I don't know what that's about. You throw it out, everybody's going to have some bad ones. Didn't like what we took from that game as far as Derek is concerned. But then you have quickly... Cam and IQ. We'll save the best for last with IQ. But Cam Cam came in and he was part of one of the prettiest plays you've seen if you've been watching the Knicks for a long time. A play against his own defense Orlando was playing. The Knicks last year used to struggle against his own. This year they have a plan for it, at least when Orlando's playing it. And and quickly was a part of this play where the ball movement was just beautiful and quickly got the ball, drove and kicked kicked out to Cam, who relocated from just being inside the paint. Relocated to three-point line and hit a wide open three. It was a pretty play. Check my Twitter and take a look at it. But he just looked like he was fitting in seamlessly. I would say outside of the Memphis game, counting all of preseason. 
and the other two regular season games, this was the most comfortable he looked. Not forcing everything when he got the ball, running out in transition. He just looked like a guy that should be in the rotation, not not just because he's going to get hot every now and then, but because he can actually impact winning every night. You saw some good things from Obi. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 4-8 from the field. Made his free throws, only took 1-3. It looked like he pulled down a couple threes. I don't know if I like that so much. You don't, you don't want Obi thinking out there. We all know that Obi, last year, his thinking is what helped, what contributed to his struggles throughout most of the year. You don't want him in his head when it comes to that shooting. And I think I, I saw him pull down some threes that he would normally put up. A good game for the team. But once again, all of you who want Randall gone and want Obi to start, I don't know if he's there yet. He's not showing it, at least. Even in a good game where he played well, was very impactful on the floor, got his hands on some balls. You probably rephrase that, but... He was impactful on the floor on both ends, but he wasn't Julius. And didn't even come close to it. Didn't even come close to it. And IQ, a guy who I've been criticizing fairly, I think, for a while. You saw the best of him last night, and he didn't even make a shot. 0-6 from the field. But 8 assists, I think 7 in the first half. Had a steal, was just active on the floor. Just active. Five rebounds. He kept the pace up. He increased the pace when he was in the game, in my estimation. And I told you, he is most effective when the ball is not stuck in his hands and he has to initiate the offense by pounding the ball on the ground. It's one thing to initiate the offense when you just dribble down and you pass it. It's another thing when you just run in, in this incessant screening rolls from the top of the key where he's not been effective and they stopped doing that. They stopped doing that. You haven't seen that as much from uh, IQ when he's, you haven't seen that as much from the Knicks in general, to be honest with you. But when IQ comes in, now you get to see the best of him, even in a game where he hadn't even hit a shot. You're seeing him attack. You're seeing him find and open people and you're seeing him make quick decisions and you're seeing him not have to pound the ball to do it. And I think that's where IQ is most dangerous. And you can tell that he's in his head a little bit too. The coaching staff gets on him a little bit when he passes up shots. Seems like the coaches get on get on get on him a little bit if I can get it out. When he doesn't when he doesn't make the right play. You can see Tibbs throwing his hands up in the air. But all in all, you're seeing good pace when he's in the game and good decisions. And especially when is secondary transition and primary transition where he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Quickly, no pun intended. Now he, in the half court, he's got that offense looking like a well-oiled machine and not having to pound the ball to do it. And I'm telling you, that's where he's most effective. And then once he starts hitting his shots, then that's when you're seeing a guy who's really going to be a pain in the butt for the next 10, 15 games or so. If he starts hitting his shots, that next second unit is going to be a pain in the butt. For most of these teams. Because the way they're playing. They can't key on him. To keep him from shooting. The way they would if he pound the ball. Going back and forth on screens. 
And with a guy who's making quick decisions, driving, kicking, putting up floaters, once he finds his offensive game, the way they're playing it right now is going to be murder. That's why you've seen me harp on the fact that the second unit has to beat beat up other teams' second units. Uh, teams like Orlando, with OKK and Mo Bamba and you know our, our Hampton coming off the bench. He's, you got to be better than those guys. You got to. And they were. And quickly hasn't even been the best version of, of himself yet. Yet, but it's it's on his way. I think it's on his way now. That, now that he's got that ball hogging uh, mindset out of his system, it is it appears. Even in a game where Derek didn't play well, the Knicks keep it going. Got a game, eighty-two game season, seventy-nine to go. They got a game on Wednesday against the Charlotte Hornets, who are playing better than expected. At two and one, just coming off a victory against the Hawks. Steve Clifford, the coach, a guy who has a relationship with Tibbs, which could who knows if that's gonna be a good thing or a bad thing for Tibbs. These guys know each other well. Let's see who's gonna get the better of the other. I told you almost every single night there's a guy who has a bone to pick with the Knicks this time. Dennis Smith Jr. playing for the Hornets now with all of the injuries. Ball is out for this game. I believe Rogier is going to be out for this game. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to come back here, and he's going to be on fire. Can the Knicks shut him down? Because you know he wants to play. He wants to be his best self in this game. He's going to do everything in his power to have a highlight dunk on somebody, hit a game-clinching dagger down the stretch. They better double-team Dennis Smith Jr. Because he's coming in here now. One thing I'll say about DSJ is it seems like his game is in his head a lot. And I think that's that's been his trouble uh, since he's been with the Knicks. So maybe he comes in here and he tries too hard, gets himself out of his game, and that's a benefit for the Knicks. But the Knicks better be ready, ready for Dennis Smith Jr. If they don't know that he's coming trying to drop 30 on them, they're out of their minds. This is a team that's well-coached. They're getting offense from new places. Nick Richards coming off the bench, playing well. Oubre, who's a guy who's put points up on the board in this league before, but has kind of been relegated as a backup for last for the last couple of years. He's getting more shots now. You know he wants to put on the show. It's a guy who who's a, who's a high flyer, can hit the three, can attack a closeout and finish. Once again, this is a this is a game unlike the Orlando Magic game. That wasn't a trap game. This is more of a trap game. This is a team with some injuries, some guys playing who were like DSJ, let's just say it, who were one foot out the league. You know he's got something to prove. This team is going to come in here, and they're going to be the, their best selves, and the Knicks need to shut it down. They need to be solid across the board. Same old thing, not going to say it every night. The Knicks can't take any team for granted, and they have to know, they have to target what they're likely to face every night and be ready for it. P.J. Washington has something to prove out there. He's going to be out there trying to make a mess of this game. And he's a guy who, because of Miles Bridges' emergence, kind of got pushed by the wayside uh, as, a, as a power forward on that team. Not really a, a good center, uh, even though in, ideally he's a nice stretch five, but he doesn't really give you big rebound numbers. Uh, he's a steel guy, block guy, and I think he's trying to establish himself in the league, in his own mind at least, 
this is the guy who, again, is going to come to New York and want to put on his show. And then you have the old vet who's always injured, Gordon Hayward, who's healthy right now and always a pain in the butt. And you know that he's a guy who the Knicks organization was eyeing a few years ago. Tibbs is a fan. Rose is a fan. They wanted to sign him to the big deal that he signed now which would have been a mistake because he's always injured. But he knows that. So that means coming here and playing in front of an organization that's potentially on an upswing where all of a sudden Charlotte might be on a downswing, downturn, I should say, with Miles Bridges being allegedly being a crook you need to put underneath the jail. This was a guy they were going to have as a foundational piece, and now he's not there. So who knows what Gordon Hayward is thinking, but I know every time he steps on the garden floor, he's want, he's going to want to show the world that he can still do something in this league, especially an organization that he clearly has some ties to because you know in free agency when these guys are negotiating, there's a lot of talk behind the scenes. So there are connections made with this organization. when he There were connections made with this organization when he was a free agent if he was considering coming here. So that means he's going to come in here and he's going to want to put on his show too. So this is a game that the Knicks got to know coming in that they better be they better be efficient. They better be they better execute offensively. The Knicks can't be too high on themselves that they don't do the little things that they need to do to beat teams. They have to work teams. They have to fight. They're not going to out-talent people and they need to know that. This is a game that they have to win. We talked about how the Knicks would start the season and I said it would be 3-3. Three and three. It won't be exciting for Nick fans or the media, but that's likely what it's going to be. One of those three wins has to be against the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday because Friday is against the Bucks, and you can't have high hopes with that game. If you're if you're a Nick fan, the Bucks on the road, maybe they fight, maybe they make something of it. It's not something that you look on a schedule and say the Knicks are going to win that game. So you got to win the games that are in front of you that are winnable, that the only, the only way those teams beat you is if you come out and you don't play your game and you don't play hard and smart. And this is a home. You want, you want the home record to be better this year? You got to win these games. So I'm looking forward to it. Exciting season so far. It's been a while if you've been watching the Knicks that you've seen an actual NBA-looking offense. I have to be honest with you. It's nice to see Brunson out there leading the way. You'd like to see quickly keep evolving at that backup point guard position just in case Brunson can't play, foul trouble, injuries, or what have you. You want to see Derek bounce back. These are things you want to look for in this game along with the victory. But we'll be here. Can't wait. A few times a week. Check us out. SportsEthos.com. There's so many resources over there for sports fans. DFS, Fantasy different videos chats podcasts go check it out nfl hockey at sports ethos on twitter at ethos nicks come follow me start a conversation i can't wait we'll see you then